0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy. As always, hello to new friends and longtime friends. Okay, so today we are covering some kind of related stuff that I've done, uh, that I've covered before, but I've added some things around this, hoping that it's a better explanation and also includes a bunch of new pieces of information to consider because I've also kind of, I feel like I've not really altered my position, but kind of changed uh in a certain area which we'll get into so that's why I wanted to present this. So let's not waste any time though. So we are going to discuss religion, theism, atheism, science, and spirituality, all of the, the big name dropping hot button issues that are very divisive. And I'm making all of this revolve around the question i I guess I'm asking myself, am I an anti theist? But it's more so are you an anti theist? So you can kind of take my discussion of this and apply it to you as you will. But the main thing I want to discuss is what anti-theism even means to me, and also kind of just its connectedness to atheism, science, and religion itself, and also, maybe more importantly, spirituality, which we'll kind of, kind of, I think we'll kind of get into that today. We'll see. But, but uh, so the reason I want to kind of come back to this topic, though, is for when we, at some point soon, get into the difference between spirituality and religion. But, no, but now that I think about it. Maybe we will. Well, so yeah, we might begin the separation today. I'm going to at least explain how I would define spirituality or how I personal experience with it slash kind of a perspective that I borrowed from um, David Hume. And I th- I'm thinking this might connect nicely. We'll see. So I'll start with a clarifier. I don't align myself as an, as an atheist, and although I've never truly aligned with it, It's more kind of recent that I've decided to make it a point not to be, like, subscribed to that word. As I find the word proclaiming a a truth that we cannot verify. Plus, and maybe the more important reasoning, people have such strong opinions around that word, such strong beliefs, stories, and values that they automatically ascribe to you from that. And then from those beliefs they have around the word, they decided, you know, they know your opinions, your thought process, you know, all the research you've done, how you view the world but no that's that's not true that's you don't know that you're adding all you're inserting all of this judgment you're inserting this projected picture upon them, and it's really hard to have discussions with people and change their mind because they're they're acting from that biased position all from that one word atheism that's that's what they just insert so much narrative right and and both sides do this from religious people to even atheists themselves do this to themselves by. By saying, I must hold this position because, well, well, I'm an atheist, so I must, I must hold this to be true. That type of thing. So anyway, we're going to get more into what that kind of means here today as well. And maybe that is a better basis for them, this episode. And not just in atheism regarding religion and science and everything. So the point is, I'm always changing. And that's why I don't like to ascribe to words in general. But why... Don't I call myself an atheist on like a personal level? So maybe one thing to say on a public level, you know, like I'm not in a discussion. I'm not saying I'm an atheist, right? But let's say on a personal level. So maybe I don't say those words in public because of all the opinions they provide. But on a personal level, why not? Well, atheism is commonly defined as a disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of God or gods, right? Although. I disagree with many organized religions' versions of what is a god or wh- who is god. The concept of god itself can be very broad. And I think it's a very subjective concept that means many things for different people, and that's I think that's an important point. So I mean if 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 god is let's say let's let's say god defines the unknown, the mis- mysteries of our universe in some way, a mystical energy even. If God is defined that way, well, then I guess, in a way, he does exist. That concept around him exists. But if God is the one from from the Bible that Christians claim will come again, then no, I don't think that God is real. So, the word God is broad and and, and beneficially broad, as God itself can have a very subjective concept, context, based on the individual. And as humans— we create stories around the concept of God. Personal, sometimes value-based, sometimes meaning-based, sometimes mystery-based. But the key word, the key point is, is it's sometimes. We sometimes do those things. But what's necessary for God? Can we really know that? So do I lack the belief in God or God's? To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not willing to proclaim that as my truth, that in the sense that i do or do not believe in god because i don't even know what god is for me but this acceptance of i don't know leaves me far 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 from willing to proclaim a definition of for god to project upon others which is which is why i can't bring myself to ascribe as an atheist that's kind of the overall point here to kind of introduce this but let, let's get to the kind of the purpose of this piece right Am I an antitheist? And what does this even mean? And maybe while I try to answer this, it will kind of allow you to contemplate this question yourself, because that is kind of the main purpose of the show, right? So I will say my definition of antitheism is it's very narrow. I've been told this is very narrow, and maybe it's not even the, the correct definition, but I want to put my definition out there so you know the way I'm talking about it. So I even consider it, I consider being antitheist much less militant, aggressive, Uh, and less of like a truth proclamation than the atheist position. Because I'm trying to determine if I fall under the title of an anti-theist because I tried to prevent myself from following a dogmatic belief system. And I think others should do that. And And I have a feel, a sense of duty to convince others if they themselves are following a dogmatic belief system. And maybe that is an assumption I'm making about the world, an assertion I'm making about the world that people will... Disagree with, you know, like who is who am I to say what people should believe, right? That type of thing. Maybe, but that is an assumption I'm following. I want people just to be skeptical. If you're listening to the show, you probably want the same thing. I want people to just continually evaluate everything it is that we do. And I think it's kind of fun to do. And that's kind of why I do this. So, so basically, so referring to an antitheist, I'm defining theism. As the belief in, in, let's say, an organized religion. However, I think organized religion has to meet kind of certain oppressive conditions before it falls under this kind of dangerous umbrella of dogmatic organized religion, such as, you know, shunning those who leave their church, um, promoting hateful ideas, and disavowing those who express disagreement amongst their con- 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 congregation. I don't know. Struggled to pronounce that word. But so basically, my, my definition, to be anti-theist is to be anti-organized religion. So I don't have a—what so that means is I don't have a problem with people believing in God. In fact, I would go as far as as various forms of faith are beneficial. But faith can mean many, many things, such so as in, in Eastern traditions. This is where we get into the idea of being spiritual. When we find benefit in these Eastern traditions, we focus— and understanding the feeling of the divine, the feeling of our inner selves, and the feeling of, let's say, enlightenment. Essentially noticing how all of this makes us feel. So, spirituality, what is that? Or maybe, what do I think it is? Or what is it for me, right? So I've been trying to figure out the best way to explain the separation of spirituality and religion. I've been talking about it, mentioning it for, I know I did in the last episode. So I kind of, I did the search of the interwebs for some inspiration and see how people are explaining it. I found some inspiration in how not to explain it. So I'm going to use kind of this, this bad explanation to hopefully help explain it better. So here's a quote from the article that's, that I'll have, I'll have this link below. It's from the Huffington Post. But it, here's the quote from it. A spiritual person knows that a simple concept that may have been acceptable to primitive homo sapiens of hundreds or thousands of years ago has zero relevancy to today's sophisticated and much more elevated humans. Now, take that quote, consider it, sit on it, contemplate it. Now, I think spirituality is essentially the exact opposite of this. And maybe the author just did a poor job of explaining what they mean in this quote or what their position is because the rest of their explanation of spirituality it gets into some other stuff of like self-actualization and understanding your inner self, that type of stuff that I tend to agree with. But that that quote right there really stuck out to me and I just couldn't get it out of my mind. I was like, that that is just not true. But this part, you know, it's just, it, like you said, it, it's bad. But why? Because take this part, homo sapiens of hundreds or thousands of years ago has zero relevancy to today no <laughs> it has all of the relevancy for today consider the consider the values the concepts of around god goddesses traditions rituals morality culture all of that all the historical events that affected those we have today today because of those, the, the things certain religions don't allow people to do, that stuff too, it's it influenced to coming into today. All of those decisions, those expressions of meaning and purpose, the justifications for actions, the proclamations of justice, all of those things we brought from the past. And many, many, many were brought by religious institutions, both young and old. They had an influence. Not, that's obviously not saying that there hasn't been new ideas formed or or ideas that I would personally call better. But the point is, is those played an effect on where we are today. And it's really important to understand that. And the, and there's a lot there. So although there's many traditions, ideas, and values that we shouldn't, you know, value as much today because it's not as relevant, they, there's many that are extremely relevant for understanding why we are where we are and why people hold certain positions they do. So I kind of hope I explained that well enough. Okay. So I think a spiritual person recognizes the importance of this idea I just mentioned. The wisdom of the past has something to say for today, so to speak. So this article also happened to list a couple of questions on on testing your belief system to determine if you are, are religious or spiritual. And this caught my eye as well. So it said, do you worship any type of deity or God or a sect leader? This includes popular yoga gods such as Ganesh or Rama and so-called gurus or masters. Then you are religious. Although for my spirituality, I don't pray to any gods or anything, but I've known people that express their spirituality by doing some of these historical traditions in yoga, or they do pray to, to the Buddha or eastern, other various Eastern traditions to help them get into that state of mind to reach this sort of higher self or for self-reflection or for getting into that inner state. They act upon those traditions. And my other thought around this is, you can borrow ideas, traditions, and values from religions, depending on what it is, of course, but the point is, you don't follow a religion that forces you to dogmatically follow their particular set of ideas, traditions, and values. It doesn't mean you can't use them, though, or pray to their gods, for example. That's not saying—it's that; just like a weird qualifier that that person provided. But maybe that's my bias, where I have a problem with kind of the titles and groupings, because as humans— we, we get into this mindset of, well, I feel like I'm X, so that must mean I have to believe Y. And I used to do this politically. I'll admit that. I started recognizing that though. And then you start realizing we do this everywhere. If we want to clear our mind, remain open, remain open to new ideas, we need to be conscious of those groupings we ascribe to. And Sierra Kierkegaard probably said it best. What labels me negates me. And extending from that, I must find a truth that is true for me. So spirituality for me is this more subjective pursuit, a pursuit of value, of meaning and understanding, and understanding of the of an internal and external reality, and just straight up understanding the workings of my consciousness. To me, that doesn't sound religious in the traditional sense, or like an organized religion. And I don't see a problem with using various ideas, traditions, and rituals from religion to help me understand my inner personal spirituality. And who am I to say what you must do to be spiritual? That's fucking silly, right? And some of you listening might be thinking, the definition I provided sounds like a pursuit of enlightenment. And this is where I get it a little side tangent. Uh, I don't like using that word because enlightenment places kind of this, this like spiritual endpoint to reach. And I don't think you should have one. It's a journey that never ends. It's like this continuous journey. It's like trying to self-actualize without ever reaching actualization. That is what spirituality should be. And maybe in an episode in the future, we'll kind of get into this popular idea of spirituality, where there's like, where there's this external realm of 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 pure consciousness. Mostly because I just find these those discussions fun, and I feel like some of you will find them fun. And what I mean is this external realm, maybe like this, uh, maybe a, a heart is a way to describe it, but to give you an over. Uh, over simplified explanation a place of pure consciousness that is the source of the the subjective experiences in our mind and the subjective world itself poof but that's that's a lot to unpack for today it's too much of a side t- tangent so what i'm trying to say is you should subscribe to my podcast for when we cover that on another day but i think it's just fun stuff to consider true or or not but let's get back to this my point I think of spirituality as kind of like this this uh, inner playground that we should participate in, a place where I personally bring in ideas, uh, I bring in values, I bring in meaning, mystical stories, perspectives from supposed gods and goddesses and, and religions and ancient traditions and and say, how does this look? What does this do? What does this do for me? What does it do to make me understand myself, the world? How does it influence me to help others spirituality is is a place kind of and I hesitate to say this where it's a place where I break down my scientific method of of sort of verifying information and consider new things it's kind of breaking down embracing the abyss and kind of just embracing that creative state within that spirituality I know that Sounds super hippy-dippy now that I just said it. But then I often, you know, kind of put the scientific method, first principle thinking, thinking cap back on. People enjoy mystery, and I want to allow my spirituality to explore that, right? Because it's 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 that blank canvas idea, it's that open to possibility. And maybe this sounds too much like um David Hume's kind of style of skepticism, where I allow myself to be kind of open to ideas values, and meaning to feed my spirituality. Just allowing my skepticism to feed my spirituality. Well, you would be right in many ways. Because as Hume, I think he would agree that our worldview is limited. He would agree. I don't know why I have to say I think. His writing says that he would agree our worldview is limited. It's limited by our experience, right? So if we were given all the information of the external world, all of it, and we just like, for some reason we knew it, maybe reason, then could lead us towards all the answers, towards certainty, towards the truth. But we don't have all the answers. We live in a world with our limited conscious experience, a tiny fraction of the information, and we have clumsy language to explain all of it. Sure, right? Reason guides us, but it doesn't give us truth. I use my rationality and reason to understand the limitations of that very rationality and reason. So my, So my spirituality has me remaining open willing to contemplate that which seems absurd, impossible, untrue, a fantasy, a fantasy world, or even sci-fi. So it allows me to consider those ideas put forward by religion, ideas put forward by science, ideas put forward by philosophers. All of them, all of the wisdom from gurus, mystics, scientists, the supernatural, and priests. Do they have something to tell us? The point is, maybe they do. Maybe it's a yes. My spirituality tries to respect that uncertainty. It respects the possibility for something bigger than ourselves. Okay, so what does this have to do with antitheism, you might be wondering? Well, I wanted to point out that I find those organized religions important for understanding history, for understanding the past and our place now, and I want to respect them and say that I'm still considering their traditions and their ideas and their morality they put forward. I still consider them. But what about theists? What about theism? Let's kind of try to connect these dots the best I can here. So I wanted to clarify my method of getting to knowledge. Not perfect, but nobody's is. It's it's part of being human, right? We we won't have a perfect system for verifying knowledge. So for one, as the modern world becomes more secular, the discussion of science or religion is is coming up more and more. So believers in God don't want to seem, you know, anti-science, yet they want to argue for their faith or more precisely their organized religion. So my knowledge is one that understands the truth I come to could very well be temporary. The typical language is that I find truth through the scientific method, right? So you test a hypothesis, try to prove it wrong, and do various forms of experiments in the process, oversimplified, but you get the point. Basically, try to make the best conclusion possible and find the best foundations of knowledge possible. Doing all of this while accepting those foundations can crumble beneath my feet, leaving me floating into the abyss of understanding. So this acceptance of, of crumbling understanding allows this idea to kind of fit around my spirituality. It's still kind of fits my trying to at least my attempt to have a cohesive non-contradictory worldview right so an offshoot of this is first principle thinking which is a method of you know vigorously questioning every assumption you think you know about ideas solutions to problems and the knowledge you perceive to fully understand so i feel like this fits my skepticism thus it fits my spirituality so i value this method because it directly denies the accuracy of my reasoning or denies also reasoning by analogy which organized religions often do I try to rely on a belief system that pushes you to identify your current assumptions constantly, constantly making you question what it is you think you know. So I'm not saying this is a perfect system by any means. And you will, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I basically don't think there is a perfect system to some extent, but breaking things down to their most basic truths and unpacking solutions from those foundations I think it's a good starting point for me. That's an assumption, an assertion I'm willing to make. Seeking truth while always remaining curious. So being anti-theist and allowing myself to not be held down by a belief system is my best method to achieve a level of understanding of this, this grand cosmos. It allows me to make sense of this abyss without ever denying the existence of that abyss. So what does this have to kind of do with religion? So I'll use the popular atheist Daniel Dennett's definition. Social systems whose participants avow belief in a supernatural agent or agents whose approval is to be sought. So admittedly, some social groupings that are not typically considered under the kind of religious umbrella are meeting these criteria, Even, even within the scientific community, because supernatural can vary in its definition. It's like this mysterious thing we believe in, right? Plus the faiths that don't, you know, they don't get caught up on the God question, for example, or interestingly seem to remain the most beneficial amongst those of the spiritual faith, such as Buddhism, Confucianism, and Stoicism. A lot of people are finding a lot of self-help benefit in those. And a lot of times they don't necessarily believe in the whole God discussion around those viewpoints, but the definition I provided fits kind of the popular forms of faith held here in the West for Christianity and Islam. So we'll kind of use that. Now, both science and religion, they rely on truth claims, right? At the foundation of their beliefs or at, the, or at least claims about the universe. So, for example, being Christian, you must align with, at the very least, their foundational truth claim, the belief in the resurrection of Christ. But religion and science are in conflict in how they arrive at the truth. To put it simply, science looks to scripture and authority as evidence for what we do not see, and having faith in this method is a central tenet of traditional faith. It's even considered a virtue to fall in line with this form of faith. And this this is part of my problem with organized religion. It creates this wall, like I said, around you, blocking you from this new perspectives. It doesn't leave you open, it leaves you dogmatic, leaving you closed off to beneficial new information that might pierce what it is you think you know about the world. That idea. Um, Now, science sees the reliance of faith over reason as as problematic, although our cognitive uh, limitations as humans have us relying on faith around our reason as well. However, the Use of faith over reason, I think it falls on a spectrum in the level of faith being used. Where science uses reason as this kind of central tenet, religion uses faith as its tenet. And I'll, and I'll allow your kind of intuition to determine the best method of coming upon reliable truth from those two. But like I said, I'm still skeptical of our ability to reason, but like I know I'm skeptical of our ability to rely on faith, but like reason although we still continually be be skeptical of that we still have to be we can still kind of look at and somewhat not 100% somewhat verify what is becoming true that we get to through our reason i hope that makes sense so like i said i want to touch quick on how theists in general hold positions against science now i'm not going to get into this this scientific errors in the bible you know for sake of time and i don't find this to be be persuasive in arguments for or, persuasive argument for people. But one interesting fact we find throughout history is that once a major scientific discovery occurs, it creates a rift in Christianity. It starts chipping away at that wall. It starts making, forces you to recognize, wait, what if what if I'm being told what is true has me believing something dogmatic, something, something not accurate about the world, something that doesn't hold all the answers. It starts chipping away there the discovery of evolution caused a rift in Christianity where new denominations were formed from these new truths being discovered. The same thing occurred when Nicholas Copernicus determined the earth revolved around the sun, destroying the religious narrative that the earth was the center of the universe. Although those (laughs) those same religious believers had also borrowed it from the Romans, but that's a story for a different day. But the point is discoveries like I mentioned have caused rifts violence and conflicts amongst the church and by consequence creating entirely new forms of Christianity. Why is that? Why are these offshoots produced from scientific discoveries? Why does it seem that religion is always on the defense and not finding new profound discoveries? That's maybe an interesting discussion to contemplate. And I'm talking about organized religions here. So, religion as truth. And Something else to consider. Religion once dominated the answers to our world. There's no doubt about that. When locusts were were eating crops of the farmers, farmers turned to priests to ask God for help. But today, we ask the chemists for better insecticide. Religion used to be at the forefront of medicine. Now, when you need surgery, you don't pray to the gods. You say, thanks to the surgeon with years of schooling. When someone suffered a mental illness, they turned to the exorcist to free them from the grasp of hell. Now, we look to the latest research in neurology. So, why were they replaced? For one, the scientific method has shown that it, it might be a better at discovering knowledge in the external world. Religion provides limited means to turn to and tries to shackle you at every turn. Now, we'll get into in another episode of the problems facing, some, some problems facing the scientific community and how they're closing themselves off. Totally open to those problems as well. I think there are is some issues there. But I wanted to kind of focus on this theism side of things for the discussion today. So my point is, religion has already lost so much turf. Organized religion. But why? Because they were not good at farming. They're not good at healthcare or even mental health. They were a coping mechanism from the great unknown. And maybe the avenue they can still provide for is in those ideas of like meaning, purpose, virtue, morality. Maybe there is a discussion to be had there, but that is where my problems with organized religion come into play is when they still want you to create walls to protect their religion, to protect their truth and dogmatically follow that. That's where my side of spirituality comes in, where I say, no, you want to take those walls down. Do not hold a belief system in that way or in any way in, in reality. Always be open. So then all of a sudden you start realizing maybe organized religion is causing more problems. And maybe we can seek out other forms and you don't need just one religion to fit all your needs. You can just take from all of them a little bit or you can look to all of them. Look to all the information that we have available and not just one because no one has the truth. No one has all of the truth. No one has all of the answers. Okay. Side tangent again. But now, that unknown is, like I said, the unknown might be slowly being chipped away at. I don't know if I'm willing to say that fully. I kind of had it here in my notes, but organized religion is is a social construction that has had its time in the light, but I don't know if it's no longer necessary, or I don't know if it is necessary. Religious authority is disappearing around the world because people realize it's not answering their problems. They can seek out different information to help solve their problems. The world is adopting new scientific discoveries, innovations in technology. But the other thing that they're discovering is new forms of wisdom, old traditions, old religious traditions they had never heard about, Eastern traditions, Western traditions, all over the world, from ancient tribes even. They're finding new things to analyze, new information to consume, to understand the grand cosmos, to understand our world, understand society, understand culture, all of this. So the deterioration of organized religion is, I'm seen as an opportunity of the openness of alternative beliefs, alternative understandings, alternative information. So we see a decrease in religious faith across the world, not because of social decay, but because the religious benefits are fading away, the organized religious benefits. They realize those walls are not necessary to living a good life. What was once uniting... Uh, like what was once a uniting kind of community ideal is being replaced by modern mechanisms for communication, access to information. It's also being replaced by various spiritual pursuits. Like I defined through my own experience, people are recognizing these organized religions are forcing them to be closed off to possibility, to values that fit their needs, to meaning that fits their beliefs, to traditions that will bring them a sense of connectedness. And honestly, the religious story has had The organized religious story, I feel like I have to keep putting that clarifier in, but the organized religious story has had dangerous side effects. But it can have many positive ones too when it's properly embraced. So, to answer the question, am I anti-theist? By my definition, yes, probably. But only because I'm looking to leave dogma for something more spiritual, connected, and compassionate. I want to keep my walls down and my canvas open. And maybe we should look to understand the subjective spiritual experiences of individuals in the pursuit of whatever the divine is for them. Who people found help in. The rituals, the traditions, the substances, the mindsets, and historical relevance of the past, the wisdom of the past, for understanding the spiritual experience of something bigger than ourselves. But we'll continue that part of the topic on another day. As always, thanks for listening. Check out the... uh, Patreon page for the opponents episode feed. Uh, Hit up the Discord. Please share with your friends, with your family. Leave a review on iTunes. That is super helpful. Um, Yeah, and we'll be starting guests in January. So, as always, thanks for listening. Peace.